You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. Hello and welcome to the Trend Zone. Dave here with Casey, and we are the football dudes. Are you there, Casey? Yes, sir. All right. It's an area which we call the Trend Zone. Casey, in today's episode, we'll talk Miles Garrett, Colin Kaepernick, to attack Vailoa, our survivor picks, the fantasy go-backs, and of course, we'll preview some of the biggest games coming up in week 12 of the NFL. But before that, Casey, as usual, the people demand the tasty nug. What have you got, sir? Dave, this would be a, the uh, the sour diesel variety, bro. <laughs> oh, no. I'm usually like to keep it up being moving forward. But Dave, yeah. the Cincinnati Bengals have officially been eliminated from playoff contention, I'm going to pour out a little bit of my my ginger ale here. <laughs> mm. Feel bad for them, Dave, and you would think that would line them up to have a lock on the number one overall pick in next year's draft. Not so fast, my friend. Right now, they do have a one game lead on the Skins, but Giants and Dolphins are banging on that door as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. But yeah, if there is any silver lining, any extra crystals left in the corner of the bag, it would be that they are at least in line for that first pick. If we can <laughs> carry out the deal here, there's a lot. Hey, perfect to... season's up right in front of them, there's bro. There's a lot to play for here, Casey, for this Bengals squad. Tell you what, uh, it would be nice for them to find out what they got in the young quarterback there and see if what they what they need to do with that super high pick, right? Yep. All right, let's move along to the top trending stories, Casey. Let's get it started with the crazy, insane incident which occurred with only seconds left in the Browns and Steelers game when Miles Garrett lost his cool and ripped off the helmet of Mason Rudolph and whacked him with it. Dude, Mike, I, I mean, I think the, the, we've all say the same thing first. It's like, I have never seen uh-uh. this kind of thing on a football field. I never thought I would. Yeah, dude, you know, a long time ago, Randy White did something like that, but he hit the guy on the head, but that guy was wearing a helmet when he hit him, clubbed him with the helmet, but, you know, that was Mason Rudolph's own helmet. Um, Just crazy, man, just a few seconds left in the game, a bad look for the Browns, a bad look for the NFL, and, um, you know, his appeal is coming up sometime in the next couple days here. We'll hear what they say, but I think they are going to have him sit out the rest of the season. He seems to be... And okay, dude, uh, other than that, but uh, man, you just cannot do that, man. Absolutely lost his cool. Mm-hmm. Luckily, he didn't really hurt Mason Rudolph there, but uh, yeah. just can't do it, bro. Just can't. No, you flat out can't do it. And I have no idea what he was appealing in his appeal. <laughs> I have just no <laughs> idea what his appeal process, thought process was there. But yeah, we could have seen something uh, significantly worse. And so we're fortunate that. Uh, it, 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 the injury, you know, for, to Rudolph wasn't devastating. I mean, it could have been awful. All right. Case up next day, uh, Colin Kaepernick sighting as Colin Kaepernick and the league somehow between the two of them arranged to have a, uh, a workout schedule for Kaepernick in an interview session. That interview was going to be recorded and lots of teams were invited. Yeah. And then about an hour before Cap says, nah, we're going to flip this script, and they ended up heading out about 60 miles away from the, the Falcons facility. I guess he wanted a little more control on the situation there. Mm-hmm. Bad news for him is a bunch of teams dropped out and didn't make that 60-mile uh, run to go see him. 
that's kind of weird, you know, to make it all the way to Atlanta and then just be like, oh, well, guess we're heading back. But it was um, ended up being about seven or eight teams, Casey. The teams that I see uh, that are on that list, uh, a handful of them have uh, a quarterback they've invested in, like the Lions, the Chiefs, the Jets, and the Eagles, and the 49ers all made an appearance there. All those guy, all those quarterbacks uh, teams seem to have quarterbacks that they are really comfortable with right now moving forward. Uh, the Redskins also made an appearance there. Of course, they invested in Haskins. They have a handful of uh, journeymen on the rosters, and they don't really know what they've got with Haskins yet. But he was a first round pick. The other team, though, the only one that really looks like is, is a possibility might be uh, is this Titans squad that shows up. They're five and five, and they run in there uh, having benched Marcus Mariota, so they've lost faith in him. And then they uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill. He's already been exiled from the Dolphins. How does that happen? I don't know, but um. Maybe if that's that's the spot right there. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that could be a fit down the road there. Um, and, you know, the Eagles, Carson Wentz has been good, but he's yet to make it through a full season, though. So yeah. we got to monitor that, too. But I'm not sure this was really um, designed to get Kaepernick hired again. It seemed like maybe an appease that camp, maybe a part of a settlement there. But uh you know, there's definitely a spot for Cap in this league, in my opinion. I've seen some terrible quarterback play, and I know he's better than a bunch of those guys out there, but he's got to help himself too, man. He's got to prove yeah. to these teams that he's a worthy investment, and uh, I totally appreciate all the stuff he's doing off the field, but you got to make yourself hireable as well. So, um, right. One way, Casey, if this thing does fall through, one way would be to find your way into the XFL. That starts in February. It's a three-week training camp and an eight-week season or something like that. That's not that too much of investment if Colin Kaepernick wants to show off and show the world that he can light it up, light it up in that league, and he'll find himself back in the NFL. Many of the AAF players did get jobs in the NFL. Oh, dude, that would bring a huge spotlight to the XFL. I, I'm tuning in anyways, but I would definitely right. want to tune in to see Cap out there, For dude. sure. <laughs> All right, Case, moving on. Speaking of quarterbacks, uh, we had a bummer in the college ranks when Tua Tagovailoa uh, got injured yet again, dude. And this guy was, in a lot of people's minds, projected as the potential number one overall pick in next year's NFL draft. Yeah, dude, it's a total bummer for Tua. Yeah. Like you said, this is like his third or fourth surgery since he's been at Bama. Um, that we probably see him play his last down there, although the injury might make him come back for one more season. But mm -hmm. I'm starting to wonder if he can make it through a season too, man. It's not like he's a runs all that often. I mean, that the mobility's part of his game, but um, right. just taking some brutal hits, and that was really unfortunate. So I don't know if that injury history is going to keep continue at the next level or what's going to happen there. But I know it's opened the door for Joe Burrow and uh, Herbert there out of Oregon. So a um, little intrigue up there, but just once again, a total bummer for Tua and his family, but I won't be uh, shedding any tears for Bama. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, with, from Tua's perspective, you know, from being first, second, third, fifth, 10th, whatever he may have been, uh, to now, with this much doubt, you know, it's going to be months of rehab uh, before he's throwing the football and stuff again. Uh, so it might very well change his plans about coming out into the NFL this year. He may need another seasoning uh, year there at Alabama. So it'll be very yeah. interesting to see what his decision is at the end of the year. Hopefully, dude had that insurance policy. I'm pretty sure that he did moving into it. So uh, hopefully he's taken care of if, you know, he can't continue his playing career. All right, brother, let's get this thing started. 
<laughs> survival picks. I'm just going to step to the side and see how you did. <laughs> I had the readers in the theory that anyone playing the Dolphins or the Bengals or whatever that I hadn't picked yet <laughs> was on my possible list. The Raiders, um, I figured if they didn't get it done, at least the Raiders lose. But um, in this case, obviously, they took care of business. I am still alive in the, in the three strikes pick with just two strikes uh, to my name. Well, that was the most popular pick, the Raiders over the Bengals. The most popular incorrect pick was Carolina over the Falcons. And moving into next week, jump back on that Miami bandwagon. It's the Browns over the Dolphins. All right, Casey, up next, it's the fantasy go-back starts of the week where we go back in time and what-if ourselves, uh, the lamenting of how we mismanaged our fantasy teams. I could have put in Le'Veon Bell. I didn't know he was going to play until moments before kickoff. However, uh, putting him in for Peyton Barber would have got me another 10 or 12 points, but it still would have been not enough. So fantasy go back was, is no help for me this week, Casey. Yeah, dude, I had no points left on my bench either. I could have picked up a better third wide receiver, but I lost to those badass Broncos. I'm going to say it, dude. This is an all time low for, in my fantasy football playing. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I took my loss to the green bud Packers, but, um, I will, of course, be facing the kicking pigeons next week. And so I have a chance Sweep. at an even lower low. <laughs> I am currently, currently ranked 12th uh, in the 12th uh, team league, and I can get lower. Um, it's not, <laughs> I haven't achieved rock bottom just yet. So I got something to strive for. Dave, All let's right. get out of the fantasy world. Thank you. Let's talk reality. Yeah, man, let's get into the good stuff where we're talking about these games that are at this point in the season, every when we when we pinpoint these games, they're so important. And this one that we're going to get started with, Casey, is huge in terms of playoff implications. We've got the Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans and the Texans at home favored by four in this one. Yeah, dude. First place in the AFC South on the line. Thursday night football. Um, the Colts beat these Texans in week seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colts got some injuries, though, they're dealing with. They hope to get T.Y. back because in <clears throat> excuse me, seven career games at NRG Stadium there in Houston, he's averaging about six receptions and over 130 yards. He's got seven touchdowns, so he likes to light it up down there, so hopefully he can play. Yeah. Uh, the Colts are the fourth-best run team in the league, but they're not going to have Marlon Mack. They hope Jonathan Williams can pick up where he left off last week. He went for a buck 16, just under nine yards of carry last week, so... That was a very impressive stat. Marlon Mack actually went over 102 before he left with that the injury there. So hopefully that run game continues to go well for the Colts. Defensively, the Colts are pretty good. And Darius Leonard is really good, dude. Ten tackles and an interception in that Week 7 game against the wow. Texans. Oh, by the way, he leaves the, leads the Colts in interceptions, too. Justin Houston's come over. He's been a great addition to this team. He has eight sacks on the year. And they're going to need everyone to play their best game if they can hope to contain Deshaun Watson, bro. Yeah, no doubt about it. Deshaun Watson has been spectacular uh, this year. Um, But when you let's talk in general about this uh, Houston Texans football team coming off last week's loss at Baltimore. That was a big game, sort of an AFC showdown game. And they came up short in that. They were leading the division with the Colts win last week. That put them in second place. That means this one is, like you mentioned, crucial since the Colts already took the first of these matchup. If they want to have a chance to win this division, this game's enormous. Now, running the football is uh, 
is one of the sneaky good things that this Texan does. As good uh, as good as Deshaun Watson is, this is the fifth best run offense in the NFL right now, which is kind of a surprise. But with Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson, they've got it going there with a nice tandem. Uh, Hyde running the football uh, strong and Duke Johnson pretty pretty handy out of the backfield catching the football. Um, obviously at the receiving position is DeAndre Hopkins. He's a monster. Uh, and, uh, no doubt he, he, uh, is, you got to double team the guy every single time last week, uh, seven catches, 80 yards. Uh, Kenny Stills, nice, a uh, nice game last week, um, as well. But, uh, last time these two teams played, Kenny Stills had a big game as well. So Darren Fells at tight end, somebody to be reckoned with on defense. This defense is not as good as we had, had hoped, obviously, with especially JJ Watt going down. Um, they are 29th defensively against the pass, which is pretty awful and not having a pass rusher, you know, or an extremely awesome, uh, impact player like JJ, um, is a big loss there. Uh, they do have obviously um, other guys trying to pick up the slack there, but uh, this defense has got to sort of come together and figure out how to stop a strong uh, Colts running game, man. Big, big game. All right, Dave. Speaking of big games, bro, we got the Seattle Seahawks at the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Eagles are a point and a half favorites at home. Yeah, man, and we're talking about this Seahawks squad. They are a, one of these magical teams. You know, even if they don't play well, they're always right there, and they they can they can steal the games, and that's dangerous, dangerous there. But um, they're coming off of the Dubai, but before that, they had the big statement win uh, at San Francisco. They're sitting at eight uh, eight and two, so they're in prime position right now with three wins in a row. The Seahawks team is playing really, really good football. Um, Offensively, they're seventh in points and uh, fourth in yards. Overall, they're running the ball really, really well. Um, defensively, this isn't the defense that we're accustomed to seeing. The Legion of Boom is pretty much a thing of the past. This is a little bit below average defensively um, overall. They're pretty good against the run, though. Um, so moving into this week, though, Russell Wilson, dude, the guy, If you, like I said, if you leave him any wiggle room late in the game, he's going to steal the game. Chris Carson running the football very well for this team, as I mentioned. Strong running game, 101 yards and a touchdown um, last game they played. And Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, also a, a formidable tandem there at wide receiver. And then Josh Gordon has come onto the scene, and he seems to be making uh, an impact early already. And then they've got um, tight end Hollister, who's kind of come out of nowhere. They acquired this guy, and next thing you know, he seems to be putting it together. Um, they also, on the defensive side, as I mentioned, they're trying to uh, sort of reestablish themselves. They've got great players there with Jadavian uh, Clowney and Jerron Reed on the defensive line and, and still linebacker Bobby Wagner there. Uh, you know, he's got it. You know, he's one of the best linebackers in the league. So uh, this Seahawks defense can play better. They just kind of stack it up and put it together a little bit. Yeah. And these Eagles, man, last week against the, the Patriots game started great. They went up 10, nothing, but it's kind of when the wheels fell off, but this Eagles defense pretty banged up. No Deshaun Jackson, Probably no Jordan Howard again this week, and now maybe no Lane Johnson. That's bad news. But, dude, someone's got to step it up, be it Goddard, Samuels, Ertz, Alshon. Eagles are running out of time, dude. Someone's got to start making plays for these birds, man. The big problem last week was third downs. Eagles went into that game as one of the best third-down offenses in the league, but was just 3 of 13 last week. That was the worst they had done. 
all season long. Might have had something to do with that Patriots defense. But speaking of defense, this Eagles defense is really good. They held the Patriots only 17 points. They hit Brady all the time, and the Pats' only TD pass came from Edelman. So you think <laughs> that that's going to be a formula to win the game? Just not enough. But Fletcher Cox is one of the best in the biz. Brandy Graham's leading this team with sacks. And we mentioned this guy last week. Derek Barnett, dude, is turning into a beast. These Eagles, super desperate for a win. But the good news is, after the Seattle game, they've got the Finns, the Giants twice, the Skins, and just one huge Week 16 matchup. That's with the Cowboys. And lucky for the Eagles, that thing is in (laughs) Philadelphia. (laughs) Sounds good, man. All right, up next, a major game between an NFC and AFC opponent as your Dallas Cowboys head to New England to play the Patriots. Patriots at home are favored by six and a half, Casey. Yeah, dude, not only a badass AFC-NFC battle, it's also the NFL's top offense and the Cowboys going against the league's top defense and the Patriots. These Cowboys averaging, like I said, league-leading 444-yard game while New England is holding teams to an NFL low of 249 a game. So something's got to give here. And if the boys had just a couple more wins, Dak would definitely be included in the MVP talk. He's leading the league in passing yards, second in QBR. He's thrown three TDs in three straight games. He's on pace for over 5,100 yards and 34 touchdowns. Dak wow. saying, pay me my money. Dude, and Amari Cooper, he's been banged up all season, but he's fighting through it, dude, and still putting up some big numbers. A little quiet last week, but that's because Michael Gallup was doing all the work. And he's really starting to look like a true number one, too, a 1A, if you will. He's coming off a 13-catch, 148-yard game against the Lions and Randall Cobb. He's coming off back-to-back 100-yard games as well. So there's plenty of talent to get the ball to out there. But Zeke is still a huge part of this offense. But the big play just has not been there this year. He was near the top of the league in 20-plus-yard plays last season. And this year, they've been few and far between but there's still plenty of time to Zeke it up and run away with this East. But the boys have been one of the best teams on third down, and that's going to be a huge factor as into who wins this game on Sunday. Now the defense, those hot boys have been real hit or miss, but it's still a top 10 defense, Mm -hmm. and they're missing some pieces on the back end in Heath and Brown, but it's got to start up front. I'm talking D-Law, Quinn, Collins, and Bennett, and they're going to get a big-time test on Sunday against Tommy and those Patriots. It's definitely not always pretty, but Dallas seems to find a way to play their best in the biggest games, and hopefully they can do that on Sunday. Yeah. Now, I thought you were going to say, not only is it an AFC-NFC big-time matchup, Casey, but a Super Bowl preview. Hey, the people already knew where I was going with that, Dave. They knew. <laughs> I was like, well, that's right. It's low-hanging fruit for you, man. I'll tell you what. All right. Let's talk a little uh, about these Patriots, Casey. 9-1. Uh, and one. Uh, they had the bye, then they had the win against Philadelphia. Um, the only blemish on their record, that embarrassing primetime loss to uh, Baltimore, um, which they, uh, if they can still stay in front of Baltimore, that means later on, if they have to face them, it will be in New England in the playoffs down the road. Um, this uh, Patriots team, obviously not exactly like the regular Patriots team, but hey, they reinvent themselves all the time. This team, though, uh, you don't think you mentioned Tom Brady didn't throw a pass, a touchdown pass last week, and it was just Edelman that threw it. And Tom Brady has three games this year without a touchdown pass, which is oh. mind blowing, right? But uh, they are offensively third in points 
right, at over 28 points a game. So how are they getting it done? Well, are they running over people? Not really. They're the 24th ranked rushing team right now. So Tom Brady is executing when he needs to, and they're uh, an efficient offense. But it really comes back to, as you mentioned, this defense and the way they're playing. Um, Number one in points, number one in yards. You mentioned that. They're giving up less than 11 points a game. And they have the number two ranked pass defense, too. So strong defense across the board for this Patriots squad. And when you have a really, really good defense... And Tom Brady on the other side, that's the recipe to win a lot of football games. Um, Obviously, Edelman still can get it done. Philip Dorsett there. There's some weapons. It just doesn't seem like they're loaded uh, at weapons. James White, the guy, it's, you know, when you talk about the running game not being all that great, Sony Michelle can pound the rock. And they have a bunch of running backs there. And James White is kind of an extension of that running game as he receives the football um, right out of the backfield there. So that kind of steals away some of the running yards. On the defensive side, though, obviously they're killing it. And it's really the linebacking core. Van Van Oy, Hightower, and Jamie Collins, the guy they sent away, traded away, and got back. That's the Patriots for you. And this guy's reinvented himself. He, He was on the outskirts of the roster at the beginning of the season. And now he's a huge impact player uh, for this uh, Patriots defense, dude. All right. Up next, dude, another, so many great games this week, Sunday night football. (laughs) We got the green Bay Packers at San Francisco 49ers and the Niners are three point favorites at home. Woo. Packers Niners. This is a big one. Obviously, um, this is a classic one, uh, and the Green Bay coming off the bye, so they've got some time to work on this one. And before that, it was the win against Carolina. Green Bay is sitting at eight and two, uh, it, and that's a nice, nice record uh, at this this point. But there are some questions about this Green Bay squad, uh, and they're on both sides of the football. Early on in the season, it seemed like this defense was really, really improved. But as it's turned out, statistically, they've kind of come down back to earth a little bit. They're 14th in points allowed defensively, which is just about average and below average in all the other major categories. So um, defense, they can't just lean on defense. They're going to need Aaron Rodgers to be Aaron Rodgers. And that's what he does. Um, Obviously, he's having a very efficient season with 17 touchdowns and just two picks for Rodgers. And he hasn't really lit it up yet. You know, so he's he's he can take over football games uh, when he wants and win late in the games too. Um, at running back, you know, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, it's a nice tandem there uh, for sure. Uh, the offense is pretty good at running the football, pretty good at passing, um, and they're ninth in points. They get they do score points when it comes down to the red zone, and that's important, obviously, to win football games. Devonte Adams was on the. Uh, you know, on the men the last couple of weeks, and guess what? He's kind of back because last uh, last game he had seven catches, 118 yards. I'd say that's back. And uh, Jimmy Graham also um, has uh, has really come on of late. So on defense, it's the Smith brothers, Casey Preston Smith, uh, two sacks in the last game, and Zadarius Smith uh, also a big impact player. So. Um, you know, we'll see who's going to step it up. Is the defense going to sort of come together a little bit more? Um, or is Aaron Rod- is this going to end up being an Aaron Rodgers-led team as they try and really take on a strong 49ers squad? Yeah, man, this is going to be a very interesting game, dude. Um, great come-from-behind win versus the Cars last week for these 49ers after being down 16 nothing early. Jimmy G, dude, his last three, almost 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns. 
Um, Debo Samuels are really coming on too. He's gone over 100 yards in back-to-back games, so they're really getting a lot out of their top couple of draft picks uh, in this last year's draft. We'll get to the other side of that in just a minute here. Um, hopefully they get Manny Sanders and Kittle back there, just more weapons for Jimmy G. If he's doing all this stuff without them, I'd like yeah. to see what he can do with those guys. Um, despite those numbers, though, bro, this team loves to run the ball second in the league at just under 150 yards. Breed and Coleman split most of that love there. Their numbers are pretty close to being even, and they both do a pretty good job of catching the ball out of the backfield too. But it's this defense, dude, finally living up to expectation, giving up under 150 pass yards a game and just over yeah. 15 points a game. Talked about that top draft pick, Nick Bosa, man, as good as advertised, but he's got plenty of help too. Bosa, Armstead, Ford, and Buckner, dude, all these guys have at least five sacks. And they're great on third down, too, man. They get off the field there. Sherm Dog still holding it down on the back end, dude. But they have eight players with at least one interception. Wow. And if there's any cause for concern, they're getting into a brutal stretch of games, dude. They go after this one to Baltimore, then New Orleans, host the Falcons, then it's the Rams, and then they wrap things up week 17 at Seattle. So this team is lucky. They got nine wins in the can already, so not a whole lot to sweat. But mm-hmm. they have the dreams of getting that number one seed in the NFC. Beating these Packers would get them on the road to that, dude. Big time, dude. It's huge, huge NFC game. All right. Let's move it on. It is the Baltimore Ravens. Is this the Monday night football game, Casey? It's Monday night football, Monday Dave. night football. It's Baltimore. Uh. At the Los Angeles Rams, Casey, Baltimore has been lighting up the entire league like the Rams used to. Let's say Baltimore on the road at the Rams favored by three, dude. Wow, dude. Um, I Going back to this Monday night football, I like Tess a little bit, but McFarland's got to go, dude. I thought it was <laughs> it's terrible. Oh, it's awful. It's hard, <laughs> hard to listen to. But anyways, dude. Um. I'm going to pass a thing on. This used to be Romovember, dude. I'm changing it to Marvember. <laughs> Lamarvember? Marvember, dude. And there's two <laughs> weeks left in Marvember, but there's not much left to do. While going 3-0, and dude has 11 touchdowns, 600 pass yards, and over 200 rush yards. So I wow. think uh, he's got lots to be thankful for there. And Lamar, who had 86 rushing yards last week, has recorded at least 60 rushing yards in seven consecutive games. That is the most ever. And speaking of the most, the Ravens are scoring a league leading 34 points a game. It's just an offensive juggernaut. And Mark Ingram, the running back, definitely has the right mentality to lead this backfield in rushing. Oh, and by the way, we got a couple Sooners doing work out there in Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown. Um, Andrews might be one of the biggest surprises in the league this year. He's absolutely destroying it out of the tight end. Um, position, man, and these guys are lighting up defenses. Now, speaking of defenses, no, it's not Ed Reed and Deion Sanders back there, but it's Earl Thomas, E3, ET3, and Marcus That's Peters right. joining Marlon Humphrey, Jimmy Smith, and Brandon Carr. That's helping the front get after it. Last week, Baltimore recorded a season-high seven sacks, dude. Wow. And that was Deshaun Watson, man. And a, just a dominant performance in that it was 41-7 to over those Texans. But since the Marcus Peters trade, dude, the Ravens' defense is the highest pressure percentage in the NFL and has forced the second lowest passer rating. And in that time, you might have heard of these quarterbacks that they've done it to. Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, and Deshaun Watson, man. 
So that might be bad news for this Rams team. I'm talking real bad news, Dave. Yeah, that could be bad news. <laughs> this Rams squad is kind of just hanging around. It seems like they're just not the squad we signed up to see here in Los Angeles. Um, offensively, I mean, what, for this is not the kid genius, super, you know, guru offensive. I mean, McVay's offense for the first two years, this doesn't look like it. And Jared Goff, since he got that big payday, looks like his wallet is weighing him down. I mean, the offense is 12th in points, 13th in yards, which is, you know, it's good, but it's not like what we were accustomed to. They're yeah. 20th in running the football with Todd Gurley, are one of the most expensive, if not the most expensive back in the in the league. And he was lighting it up. And it's not, it's not the case anymore. And Jared Goff, since he got his payday, has been average. Like, and I'm being kind, really honestly. On the season, 11 touchdowns, 10 picks, an 82 quarterback rating for Jared Goff. That's not very good, you know? And has, has the league caught up to this offense? Has he hit a little bit of a slump? Todd Gurley, and I, and I was harsh on him, but he did have 133 yards last week getting it done. They've got some serviceable running backs there, uh, with Malcolm Brown, uh, as well in the mix and, um, and the rookie there as well, but they're just not getting a great running game. The offensive line isn't what it was, and that's really, really held back this football team. Guess what? If your offensive line works, your running game works, and your play action works, that's what this team was all about, running the ball, getting the ball outside, to getting Gurley out in space, and then using that uh, effective run game to uh, to challenge teams with play action passes and get guys running wide open. That's not the case. Cooper Cup though is still killing it. The guy yeah. is a phenomenal season. Uh, he gets open all the time. He's it's just he's an anomaly really. He's always open and he's super reliable. He's where he's supposed to be and he makes the play. Um, the team has uh, Robert Woods has been is has been decent, but and you know I'm a little bit eh, he's playing okay. Uh, obviously, Brandon Cooks was their number one really, and he's he's been having issues uh, with the concussion protocol, and that's a pretty significant loss. And, and and we're you know hopefully he'll be fine eventually, but right now he's not part of the mix. Josh Reynolds has has upped his game as that guy that's come up and and gotten a lot more action as a result. Swing it over to the defense though. The defense is the thing that's keeping this team. Uh, uh, kind of going. They're 10th in points, and they're really strong against the run. Aaron Donald, obviously one of the, if not the best defensive player in the league. He's coming off a two-sack uh, two game last week. Uh, and, you know, they have strong uh, linebackers, Clay Matthews, Corey Littleton, and then my guy Eric Weddle on the back end. This is a decent Rams defense, um, not quite as dominant as we thought it might be, but a lot of that I think has to do with the fact that the offense isn't lightening it up on the other side. They're not running up the scoreboard, so they're not playing with the lead as much as they're used to. Uh, but this this game with Lamar Jackson coming in, this is going to be a challenge for this defense. No uh, defense, and including Bill Belichick in the in the awesome Patriots defense, has figured out what to do with this Ravens offense this year, Casey. And now the Rams get their chance. It's gonna be yeah, fun, dude. These Rammies are up against it too, man. In third place in that division, looking up at, well, good luck. Yeah, it's not a the, the Rams cannot afford to slip up here. They, I mean, they take a loss here, and that they start to have to look at running the table in order to make the playoffs. And uh, whoo. Uh, again, this is going to be a big game. It's going to be fun. Oh, yeah, baby. I'm stoked. Fire it up. Come on, Dave. Get it on. Fire it up. Here we go. Get it up, people.
All right, so many ways to check out the Football Dudes. We're now available um, on Spotify as well as um, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Google Podcasts. Don't forget, you can check us out on our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, or just go to footballdudes.com. That is going to do it for this episode of The Trend Zone. He's Casey, I'm Dave, we are the Football Dudes, and we are out of here.